Welcome to the Pro Church Marketing Podcast. Are you a church leader or nonprofit director that wants to reach more people online? If so, you're going to want to listen to what John O'Long has to say about the latest trends in online marketing for churches and faith based nonprofits. Here's your host, John O'Long. everybody well it is Jono with FaithWorks Marketing thanks for listening or watching or whatever you're doing I have Mr. Ben Stapley with me executive pastor at the Life Christian Church he's also a conference speaker which is where I met him at that church conference which is going to be in Dallas next year so I'm pretty excited about that and he's also a church consultant and just super nice friendly guy that loves the church which is always what I'm looking for because um just people who love the church are people that I want to talk to. So, dude, thanks for giving me some time. Thanks for talking with me. John, it's great to be here. I think we started, I started, well, I, I don't know if you followed me, but I, I started following you in, in September. We met in person in October, and here we are recording on your podcast in December. I feel like our relationship has just skyrocketed this fall, and I can't wait to see where God <laughs> takes it in 2024. We're going to become besties in 2024. Are we bet Sparks flew. Sparks flew. Yes. It's great. It's great. Well, that's uh, that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I don't remember if I followed you first or you followed me, but um, I, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. So, um, yeah. Well, hey. So, tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do and what interests you and what's life like. Yeah, I'm excited to be here talking to your audience. A quick snapshot of who I am, just so they understand my context and maybe the perspective I'm bringing to the table in relationship to this conversation about photography, is I actually started my career outside of the church. I started as a producer and a reporter for a television station in Toronto, Ontario, a national show, news uh, network there. And actually, it wasn't until a couple of years in where I got married to a girl in New Jersey, and she pulled me down to the States. And that's actually when I jumped into ministry at that time. And the first, oh gosh, the first 10 years, I was the creative arts pastor, kind of the one making sure that things got executed well, that we created a great experience on site and online and uh, help people disciple them throughout, not just Sunday morning, but throughout the rest of the week. About the past five years, I've pivoted and I've become the executive pastor. So I'm the, the one kind of overseeing those people executing that and the staff at large. And so that being said, I'm, I've sat on both sides of the fence. So the people listening, you might be saying, hey, I'm, I'm the artist and I need help. Or you might say, I'm the one leading the artists and I need a lot more help. Yeah. Um, I've been in both of those camps and I kind of feel both of those tension points. And hopefully this will be a helpful conversation to look at it from both sides. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I love this topic of photography because I think, and, and I'm super excited um, that it was something you were willing to talk about because it, one, it's, it's not something very many people talk about. Uh, and it's something that definitely is, I just think is important. And in fact, when I bring it up with, with our clients or with people that I'm consulting with or whatever, I always bring up photography. You know, we, we get asked, hey, what can we do to amplify what you're doing? And I always say, put together a photography team. Uh, I, I love the idea. I love helping churches, um, especially, and I say, I beat this drum all the time because we help with a lot of churches' social media. And I always tell them, look, you've got to, we, we've got to have good photography. And they're like, well, we don't know what to do. And, and I'm like, just get some teenagers together because it's a great opportunity uh, to get 
some kids that aren't like going to get up on stage in the praise band okay. or whatever, but man, they'll get involved in ministry. And, and what I've seen happen, and, and I was a youth pastor for 21 years, 21 ish years. And what I've seen happen time and time again, when I would get these teenagers involved in ministry, that mama who has been wanting her baby girl to get involved in ministry and serve at the church would be more than happy to go buy a $1,500 camera for the youth yeah. group if we let her baby serve. And not that I was being manipulative or anything, but it was just a really good thing. So um, I just think that I'm, I'm super excited to hear what all you have to say about this because I, I, you're the first person I feel like um, that, that I've just ran into that that thought as much about this and, and felt like it's as important as I do and beats this drum. So, um, so let's just start there. Why do you think photography is important? Uh, and why is it such a big deal in the church? Tell me what you think. Yeah. Let me, let me piggyback, John. Um, uh, let me piggyback off of what you just said in relationship to it being a great chance to utilize people's skill sets in the church. So again, if you're looking at that teenager, who's not involved, or maybe it's an adult, who's an artist and they're like, you know what? I don't want to wipe butts in the nursery and I don't want to lead a small group, but you put me behind a screen. You put me behind a lens. Uh, I feel at home. I feel natural. I'm using my, oftentimes people with artistic skill sets don't feel like unless I'm a, a worship leader, God can't use me. So it utilizes a lot of people in your congregation, their skill set, makes them feel comfortable and valued and bringing value to the kingdom, which is super helpful. The other, a couple other reasons why photography is really important is I always you know, say, what was the favorite thing that I used to enjoy in kindergarten or first grade? And it was always for me, it was always the show and tell. The days mm -hmm. in which someone would bring something to class and they would show what's going on in their life. And you know, look, I got this, my pet reptile, or I got this weird rock or whatever it might be. And they would, they would tell you about it. But more importantly, it was the, it was the show and the tell. We do a great job in Christendom about telling about the gospel. We still are working towards the showing the gospel. And the photography does that, mm. allows you to show what's going on. You talk about yourself being a hospitable church or the fact that you are compassionate um, or that you're here for all people. Talk is cheap. Showing it is so much more valuable. You're, you're a church for all people. So great. Show me a photo of diversity. What does that look like? You, um, you love the lost and the needy. Well, what does your compassion ministries look like? Show it. So that's a big reason is the show and the tell. And then from the outsider's perspective, uh, it gives them a chance. To, it gives you a chance to show them what's expected. Again, I'm looking at this from the cynic's perspective. And them saying, "Hey, uh, when I think about church, I think about a couple of things. Maybe I think about um, maybe I think about uh, financial corruption, and people are just taking money from the church and patting their pockets. You know, are you really a church that is sending money out the doors instead of just asking for it? You, you talk about the love of Christ, but whenever I've been there, I just see people kind of scowling. Can you show me photos of people that are?" Um, smiling and hugging and engaging, uh, it gives a chance for them to see what it's like before they're coming. Again, when a skeptic is thinking about church, they're 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 not thinking it from your vantage point as a leader, right? You have the curse of yeah. knowledge. You know all these things about your church. They don't know anything about you. The only thing they know about you is negative assumptions or negative truths in the culture at large about Christendom. And when you have photography, you get a chance to cut away and erode and chip away at some of those negative truths and assumptions by showing them positive truths. So those are, I got a couple more, but those are a 
couple quick ways in which I say there's a real big value for photography. Uh, man, that that's really good. And you you mentioned like the the whole scowling thing. That that's the conversation that we have a good bit because <clears throat> every pastor, my myself included, I you know I would say our church is welcoming. Our church is nice. No one, no one, no pastor ever really admits our churches, they, they all scowl and they don't look happy, but I guarantee you take the challenge of, all right, you've got this morning, you take a camera and I want you to go get five organic pictures of, of people smiling. Good luck. If it's, yeah, if yeah. it's not staged, you will realize just how hard it is to capture your people smiling. And, and, and so it is something that, that, it's it's revealing when you start trying to get those photos. But the other thing you mentioned, giving the perspective of what to expect, which is uh, such a big deal because people are vetting you. People are people are figuring out what to expect when they they come vet you on your website, vet you on your social media, and while the drone footage flying over your church parking lot looks cool, unless people are coming to church in a helicopter, that does not give them a perspective of what it feels like to pull into the parking lot, walk through the doors. What am I going to expect? What am I going to see when I walk through the doors? What's it like to drop my kids off? Do you have friendly, welcoming volunteers? So uh, we, I feel like sometimes we want flashy and cool. And what we really need is just good perspective. What, what is the, what does the worship service look like from the third row from the back? Cause that's where the guests are sitting probably, you know, not, not, you the, the picture from the catwalk that's really cool to the photographer may not be the picture that everybody needs to see. So um, really good points. The, I, I like what you just said there in relationship to the architectural photography or your, um, your landscaping photography where a lot of times, especially if you got a really beautiful building, God bless. That's great. But at the end of the day, uh, when somebody's checking you out, they're more, they're more interested in the people than the place itself. It, it, think of any soul care ministry. If you're if you're going to see a doctor, if you're going to any any sorry not any care ministry. So physical, mental, or spiritual. Physical. When you go, are you do you care about the 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 building, the parking lot? When you go to see a doctor, no, you care about the doctor himself. Mental care. When you go to see uh, when you mental health, you care about the counselor and how they're engaging with you. You don't necessarily care about the room. They, they got a couch and I'm lying on that. That's, that's good enough. I don't care beyond that. I care yeah. about the person. When it comes to spiritual care, again, same thing. We care more about the people than we do about the place. Make sure your photography showcase that and not your places. I've seen a lot of churches. You go to their website and the first thing is they're building, they're building, they're building, and maybe you'll get to people. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you pointing that out. The, the other reason, I, a couple more reasons I'd say that photography is really beneficial is one is people want, you know, this, um, people value authenticity. And so when they go, and I, I would say this as well, when you go to your website, they want to see real people. And I would rather see, I would rather see a B level authentic photo of one of your greeters, hopefully smiling and greeting somebody other than an A level stock photo, because it says, authentic. These are our actual people. This isn't something that I grabbed from Unsplash um, or Google Images. These are our people. And maybe our quality isn't up to stuff to a professional. People would rather see that authentic uh, image. So, so push towards that. And then the last thing, the last selling point 
uh, for people who are on the fence in terms of do we double down with photography is it is a very inexpensive medium to get involved in, especially when you compare it to videography. Videography, you need three things. You need the A, V, and L, the audio, video, and lighting. You need three things to be working well, to do it well. Photography only needs one. It only needs the V. It only needs the visual aspect of it. So when it comes to the price point or the skill set of people getting involved in, it's much, much lower than videography. So if you're if you're a church that's looking to move things forward, to get involved in the arts, to communicate at a higher level, I would encourage you to ultimately get towards video. But photography is a great starting point for your people, your volunteers, and for your budget as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't you don't have to spend a fortune. It's it's easy entry. And yeah, I I, I tell um, like when, when we're coaching our clients on, on and, and the photography teams, I, I tell them, look, have your photography team take as many pictures as they possibly can, because 80% of them are not going to be usable. A lot of them are not going to be good. And when you're plugging these teenagers in, they're not going to start out like Ansel Adams. <clears throat> but, you know, one of the things that we would do every year, we would hire a photographer to come in on a Sunday afternoon and spend two hours with us. And it didn't cost a lot, you know, a couple hundred bucks to get a really good photographer to come in and explain to the, the photography team just, okay, here's, you know, here's how to operate your camera. Here's what aperture means. Here's, you know, here's what to think about with the lighting. Here's how to frame a shot and just give them some basics. And then they can figure out that they'll get better. And so really, uh, again, it's a, it's a cool opportunity to get people plugged in. It is easy entry. And it doesn't, it doesn't cost a fortune. So yeah, good stuff. So along those lines, what, what are some of the things that you see um, churches doing well? Uh, you, you talk to a lot of churches, you, you do some consulting. What, um, what, what are some churches doing well with this area that other people could maybe emulate and borrow and, and be encouraged from? <clears throat> Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things I'll get to the final product that's doing well. One of the things I see a lot of churches and it, any artist really, you could, you can extrapolate this across a lot of dis different, uh, a lot of different disciplines is that they are having fun. And what I mean by that is at the end of the day, if, if the people involved in it aren't enjoying it, then the people on the other side of the lens are not going to enjoy it because for them, maybe it's painful, right? They're self-conscious, you know, do I look great? To the, um, you know, is, is my hair done up properly? And they have all, you can have all these self-conscious concerns when you're having your photo taken. Or sometimes it's a stressful environment, to be honest. Like if you go into the nursery to take photos and you got kids crying and the nursery workers are overstressed, if you come in, negative well it's going to get worse if you yeah. if you come in neutral you're not bringing value but if you come in with a positive attitude you're lifting everybody up so that's the first thing i encourage our artists who are listening our photographers who are listening to come in with a positive spirit to have fun just realize you're gonna you're gonna raise the attitude of everybody being involved and the other big thing i encourage people is to, um remember the the larger mission of the church and make sure your photos reflect that because sometimes, if not, if if you if you don't put the mission center central, then other things will become central in terms of what you're shooting. And oftentimes, it becomes let's call it out. It come, becomes the lead pastor, and all the photos are about them and how great they look and what they are doing and what they're communicating. And that is not 
that is a good thing to be involved in, but it shouldn't be the central thing by which all your photos are based upon and it be the heartbeat of the church. Because it's not the heartbeat of the church. That lead pastor will be there for a season and ultimately they will transition out. But the mission of the church will always stay there. And so making sure your photos reflect that. And sometimes you can, and I, here's the end of the day, I can never uh, judge the heart and the intention of somebody, but I can look at their outcome and the final product. And that gives me a vibe. That gives me a sense of what's happening. And so just, you know, I encourage people, like, do a quick audit. Pull up your church's IG and scroll through it and just see, is the, does it feel like the, we're capturing the mission of the church? Or does it feel like we're capturing the church leadership? And if so, maybe we might need to skew some things to better reflect that. And when you see churches doing it really well, you can just get us, you know what the mission of the church is just by looking at their photos. And it's not to build the platform of the lead pastor. It's to build, uh, to, to spread the good news and the gospel. So that's that's a couple things that I say churches who are doing uh, photography well keep central. Hmm, that's good. That reminds me of, uh, I think it was a video I saw earlier this week. It was one of the social media managers for Red Bull. <coughs> and she was talking about how they just, you're never going to see a can of Red Bull as the central theme of a photo on Red Bull's Instagram and well, they're selling Red Bull. There's, there's no doubt about it, but they're showing uh, the, the mission is to, you know, I don't remember what their mission is, what she said that is, but they're, they're not just front and center by Red Bull, by Red Bull, by Red Bull. Red Bull's awesome. It, it's showing people living life, having a good time, doing whatever they're doing, living life with a Red Bull somewhere in there. I mean, it shows up. And so, yeah, I think that that would probably be a, a good test. Go, go check. And, and yeah, if there's, if, if there's a, a personality at the center of every photo on Instagram, then probably there's, there's some tweaking to do uh, for, for your church. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So, um, so logistically speaking, when it comes to, a workflow for for example um we we were working with a church and they actually had a photography team but the photos were never really they're really making it from the camera anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> so they've got some sd cards somewhere that were full of potentially good shots but just no one really had the 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 mindset or the strategy or the experience to really put something in place uh, for there to be a workflow. So what kind of advice do you, do you have there as far as being systematic with all of this? Yeah, this is the biggest, when I, when you see photography teams stalling out, this is the big roadblock that they hit that they don't push through. And I usually call it, it's a click and dump where I just, I click, click, click. I take a lot of photos. Maybe it's a staff team member. Maybe it's a staff team member overseeing volunteers. Maybe it's just your volunteer team. And they, they click it and then they dump it. They dump it um, onto the onto their SD card or they dump it onto Dropbox or they dump it. And then it never goes anywhere beyond that. It doesn't get edited. And then worst of all, it doesn't get posted. And I say worst of all because a couple of reasons. First of all, it's at the end of the day, you had this incredible chance to capture moments of life change and you never showcased that, which doesn't give Jesus and the gospel the shine that they need. God in the Old Testament keeps on saying, I'm not going to give my glory to another. Sometimes we let the glory of God sit on our hard drives and we never get it out because we don't have a good system. I'm going to get, I'm going to have my soapbox here. We don't let the glory of God shine forth and we're holding it back on these, these hard drives, which breaks my heart. And beyond that, beyond that, it also really discourages 
the artists who are involved. So you call me to be a part of this. I'm going to give my volunteer time. I'm going to take these photos. And then I never see them show up ever again and again. Guess how many times I'm going to volunteer in that ministry? Once, twice, maybe three times. And then guess what? I got it. This is a waste of my time. Thank you. I'm moving on. You're going you're gonna to lose your team if you don't have a good system here. So those are my reasons why I did create a good system. And there's, there was, I, I, I felt this firsthand, um, the pressure of doing this when I was working at a church where we were six campuses and we had um, an event called uh, Night to Shine with the team, uh, Tim Tebow yeah. Foundation, where they basically put a, a prom on for children with special needs. And these some of these kids have never never been to a prom and they it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous it's an incredibly redemptive experience anyways so so we so we knew partnering with them the organization wanted these photos the night of to be able to showcase it itself so we had this event happening at six of our different campuses how do we have photographers there how do they shoot it how do they edit it how do they upload it and then how do we send it out we realized our system it was a little wonky we needed to fix just for that event and then after that we're like oh my goodness we got a system that works. We can apply this every Sunday or every event where we know. At the end of the day, in terms of the coaching I give here is you have to have to force your photographers, most of them, most of the photographers like to do, they like to shoot, they don't like to edit. And so I tell them their commitment time is this, it's two hours. You shoot for one hour, you edit for the second hour. And you might, you may want to, as a photographer, keep shooting. I'm forcing you, you're, you got 60 minutes, put a clock on, let the timer go off and you stop taking photos. And then you take that second hour and so you edit them. them. So forcing them to think half and half, half shooting, half editing. And then the second thing on the, on the upload, having an easy system for them. You as a staff team, as a staff member, as an organization need to sweat the details in terms of what is that process? Okay. They are, are they uploading it to the, what site? And there's multiple sites. And then how do we give them the link that, so that's easy. And then, then we can do what we want to do mm -hmm. with it. So you sweat the details and the, instead of just trying to randomly click SD cards and you doing all the editing. The other reason I'm, I'm saying a lot here, the other reason why I encourage to push the editing to the photographers is because they know their photos. So when I'm capturing, you know, whatever's 10 different scenes I'm capturing, um, it's like, think of a wedding. Okay. The, the, Couple's coming in, it's the kiss, it's the bouquet, it's the cake cut. It's all these different scenes. I know as a photographer, I took 10 shots on that, click, 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 click. And I recall ah, the eighth one was the best shot when I caught the bouquet was in the air. I already know what my good shots are. Um, and it's easier, so much easier and faster for me to find them, select them and edit them instead of giving an SD card to somebody who doesn't have that history of what I shot and saying, best of luck, you sort it through. So uh, it, it speeds up the process and then it democratizes the work as well, that everybody is a shooter and an editor. So that's the thing. Force your teams to be shooters and editors and it'll speed up the process. So speaking of the, there are a million tools out there, there are a million websites and ways to store and, and workflows and stuff. Any, any recommendations? And, and I know some of this is subjective and based on personal preference, but I, I think a lot of people out there just don't even know where to begin maybe with, with okay, what, what should we even use? So any quick recommendations on, on things to use tools? 
Yeah, we. I, I still love Dropbox as my mm -hmm. go-to tool. Um, I, I, one of the things I like about it, in contrast to maybe a WeTransfer, is you can preview the files before you're just doing a whole download. Especially if there's a lot of content, yeah. you can select. Okay, these are the raw images I want. I don't want to select. I want to download the whole folder. Um, uh, you know, um, Google Drive is is decent, um, but I still, um, I, from a price standpoint, I still like what Dropbox gives me a little ahead of that. So those are three options that I put out there, and the, the reason I put Dropbox gotcha. is the highest. Gotcha, gotcha, cool, cool. So along those lines, now, what what do you see needing improvement? What what are some quick wins that church could churches could get if if they just maybe put a little bit of time in it or, or um, what do you see consistently among the churches that you talk to in, in the way of their struggles? What are some common struggles that need fixing? I'll give you two pet peeves and then something, uh, two pet peeves that are a little, not trite, but not, not necessarily deep. And then something a little deeper. So my two pet peeves are this. First of all is capture a range of people. When I say a range of people, oftentimes it can be tempting to capture just as a photographer who you know and who are your friends uh, especially if it, it's younger people i'd say hey um you can flirt with a lens like you, you know you, if you, there's that guy or the girl you crush on that's that's great but it shouldn't be overly obvious in terms of all the photos that are coming back over that one person so feel free to flirt but don't just shoot that one person that you're interested in and then beyond that don't just shoot your own social uh, circles and then beyond that this is a I don't know how to say this respectfully or, or tactfully, but it's sometimes it feels like we just shoot the beautiful people. And what I mean by that is if you look at churches, Instagrams, oftentimes it feels like it's a model runway. And I don't know, maybe just there are more beautiful people in other churches than my, the churches I've been involved in, or I'm not the beautiful person yeah. that gets photographed. Regardless, it feels like sometimes we just tend to, to lean towards that and overshoot those people. And so shoot everybody and make sure they are represented well. Right. That goes back to the authenticity. Um, That's the what people want to see authenticity and see what it's really like and know that they're not walking into Christian prom and they, they don't have to look perfect. And yeah, I, I want to know that there's some regular normal people there and with, with some issues. And so, yeah, let, let, let's show it. So yeah, good point. Uh, another encouragement and coaching I'd say is uh, this, and this comes back to the authenticity is taking more uh, candid photos than posed photos. Uh, I'm usually not a fan of like any post photos at all. And there's a couple of churches that like do, they do a lot of posts and it's interesting. I like, like to talk to the photographer, but it seems like, they, like that's a philosophy we're shooting where it's like people kind of standing in a line and they're just all smiling at the lens, which is it's easy for the photographer, right? Hey, everybody. Get together. Great. Look, eyes on me. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, click. Generally speaking, I got the photo. That, in contrast to getting a candid photo, when two people are talking, and when do I wait for that magic moment that they're both kind of laughing, and their eyes are lit up, and they're they're having a good time, and and um, it's not like, you know, I'm kind of over the shoulder, and it's a little weird because they're looking at me, and I have to, like, let them not look at me anymore, and it, that takes time to capture that authentic moment, but it is so much more realistic and vibrant other than just the line of people looking at the camera. So that's the other thing I'd encourage churches, take the time to get those candid photos. 
And then the last thing too is this applies to photographers, but oftentimes to a lot of different artistic disciplines is make sure to pastor your team. Sometimes we look at the creatives in our church, the artists in a church as a tool to get a job done. You are a photographer. Get me, give me your photos so I can post them. You are a musician. Play that song. You are a videographer. Make the video. And we forget that they are a soul entrusted in our care. They're a person God wants us to pastor. And way before they have a title of photographer, their first and foremost title is that they are a child of God. They're a son or daughter. They're adopted into his family. And look at them that way. And at the end of the day, how are you pastoring their soul, not just leveraging their skill set is the other thing I'd encourage. Because I think a lot of artists get burnt out because they are seen by what they can bring to the church. And they aren't seen as uh, as someone to foster and to That's, develop as well. And, and, and they feel it. They they can tell when when you just want them for what they what they bring to the table. And uh, but it is a great opportunity for discipleship and, and, you know, to get the artists together, to get the creatives together, because good grief. I mean, they see the world differently and and, and people who aren't artistic don't really get that. And, and so to get a group of them together, together and have a discipleship environment that is unique to them could be a really powerful thing. And you, you talk about catching those candid shots. Uh, it, uh, our, our, it's funny because at our church, we have, we have several photographers and, you know, they rotate and take different Sundays and we have one. She's really good. She's got a really nice zoom lens and she's really good about staying far away. So no one ever realizes that she's taking a photo of them unless you're looking for it. Cause I'll, I'll, yep. I'll be in a conversation sometimes and I, you, you kind of feel it in your peripheral that she, she's just, she's yeah, way yeah, yeah. over there and she's being discreet, <laughs> but I, I can feel it. And so I'll be talking with someone. So I'll eventually just crack a big smile and like, you know, just, just like, okay, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and take the picture so I can feel a little bit more natural, but most people aren't looking for it and, and they don't pick up on it. And, and, but she does have to hang out for a while in that spot over next mm-hmm. to the plant where she's, uh, you know, a little inconspicuous and, and she's just standing there and, and it, it requires some patience, but, but because she's patient and because she stays away and, and she she is able to capture some really good candid shots. It, it works out really well. Yeah, and j- just to get some like, nuts and bolts here on the end, like a couple things to make that, it's like, hey, do this. And some of your listeners are like, oh, how do I do this well? And you just hit on a couple things. Like, first of all, making sure you have got a really good, like a fast, fast, like low aperture, um, 80 to 200 uh, millimeter lens. And so that you can really push in on those scenes, giving yourself patience in those. When I'm, when I'm trying to capture those, I'll kind of walk into a scene, kind of like your presence is known, right? And people are kind of, what are they doing here? And I'll just keep the camera at my side. Like I'm not even taking the photos yet. And then, the, then maybe about 30 seconds, 15 to 30 seconds, they forget you're there. Yeah. And then I'll bring the camera up and I'll capture that moving forward. The other phrase I'll use with people, and it's a little yin and then yang, because you're kind of trying to thread a needle here, as I told them, tell them to be boldly inconspicuous. So boldly, so if you're a photographer and the best shot, I'm coming back to weddings, right? And that the best shot is for that moment when the bride's coming in, well, guess what? You got to march yourself to the front of that chapel 
and be looking down that 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 aisle so you capture her face and that glow as the father's walk you got to be bold you got to get to the front you cannot capture that photo yeah. from any other angle you got to be front and center right beside the lead pastor click 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 away you got to be bold now you got to be inconspicuous I've been a part of some weddings, and I'm sure you as well, where the videographer or the photographer feels like they're the main show. And they're just so flamboyant, and they're, just, they're going everywhere without any degree of minimizing their presence, and they become the big show. So be bold and also try to be inconspicuous at the same time. Again, it's a bit of a, uh, a needle to thread, but if you have those two things in your mind, you know when to step on that boldness uh, accelerator and when to throttle back yeah, and be, more. yeah. And, and it just takes some time, but <clears throat> that's, that's where really pastoring that group. Uh, if there's a leader there to really coach that group, though, you can work on those things and those things come with time. So, uh, man, this is, this is great. This is great. Well, as, as we land the plane here, any, you know, we, we've hit kind of the pet peeves and then some encouragement, some things are doing good. We've hit the nuts and bolts, any, any parting shot, just the last thing, one little piece of advice, one little tip um, that, that you would throw out. This is not a medium that's going away. I have, I'm going to age myself here. I, was, I started in the dark room with dodging and burning and worked on film. Obviously, photo, photos, you can still take them if, on film if you want to. By and large, most people aren't. Um, it's an art form that's not going the right way. The reason I'm saying that is you, you probably have some listeners here who are like, you know what? Like, We've been on the fence for so long, or we're, we're so – our skill set is a little amateurish yet, and we're, we're embarrassed by that. Because of that, we're not jumping into this process. I encourage wherever you are on the spectrum, jump into this art form, utilize it, grow in it, get better, figure out what the next step is, take that step because it's not going away. It needs to be utilized. And at the end of the day, I'm going to come back to the glory of God. The glory of God needs to be showcased. 80% of us are visual learners. Showcase what God is doing in your environments. Take that next step. Move things forward in your church for <laughs> That's his great. glory. That's great. Well, Ben, thanks so much, man. This has been awesome. This has been beneficial. I know that anyone who hears this is going to get a lot out of it. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great to hang out with you. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for personalized suggestions to help grow your organization by reaching more people online, please email jono at faithworksmarketing.com.